Hello, welcome to Spotlight, a rising sun of artistic growth in the new year. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. This evening, we hear about a new, though not so new really, community choir. More from the Queen of Source, Jan Allison. A wonderful story of a former Manx schoolboy, now a member of one of the hottest indie music bands around. And a totally bizarre story of the birth of art. Remember, do get in touch with any creative artistic endeavours you may be involved in planning, hoping to create, or would really like to put in the spotlight. Poetic, theatrical, musical, literary, ceramic, sculpture, drag, film, mime, social media, blah, 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 blah. You know the rest. There's loads I forget. Just email spotlight at manxradio.com or howardkane at manxradio.com. I don't mind which you use as long as you do it. If you've never done it before, now's your chance. Come in, have a chat, let's get you on air, talk about it. It's all grist to the mill, and who knows what might come out of it for you and me. So, as we all know, singing is good for you, at whatever level you are, from Cleveland medal winner to bathtub renditions. Somewhere in the middle of that range, I would suggest, comes the community choir, and one fine exponent of that genre of singing has just had something of a rebrand and a change to potential membership, as Arts Development Manager at the Arts Council, Jane Corkle, explained to me. Uh, well, it was the Isle of Man Government Staff Choir. Staff Choir, that's it. Um, and, uh, it. But it is now, it's been renamed for 2024 to the Isle of Man Arts Council Community Choir. OK, so what was the idea behind this rebranding? Well, about the, the choir was came into being about seven or eight years ago, uh, it was an Arts Council sort of funded and driven initiative for government staff um, to form a choir. Uh, you know, uh, singing obviously is is recognised as being really good for people's mental health and well-being. And the choir meets at St George's Church on a Wednesday, um, every Wednesday between 10 past one and 10 to two. Um, and the staff choir has been really um, successful as an as an, an initiative uh, it's, I think we have we have a lot of regular members who come um, and the Arts Council um, have decided that they would just like this to be open to everybody um, there are some members of the uh, staff choir who have since retired and even left government they've moved on to pastors new in their work but they still come to the choir um, so um, it's time, it's an open invitation to anybody who wants to have a sing in their lunch hour on a Wednesday. It's absolutely free. You can just come along. And what sort of repertoire do you cover? Oh, well, everything. Uh, literally a little bit of everything. Um, M- Mandy Griffin is our musical director. Very good. And uh, Dave Holland is our accompanist. So we have two fabulous two musicians yeah. at the helm. Oh, and honestly, anything goes. Um, it's classical to pop, musical theatre to jazz. We sing Mozart, we sing the Beatles. We even do a Barry Manilow medley, which is my favourite. <laughs> but really, there is absolutely something for everyone. And, and is this purely for the joy of singing or do you actually sort of do performances as such? It, it is very much for the joy of singing. Uh, but yes, we sing in the Guild. Um, and we have some regular sort of annual concerts. We sing at St Thomas's in their summer series of concerts. Uh, we sing at the hospital at Christmas. Um, so, yeah, we, d- we do. The, the choir does get asked 
to perform. Uh, but again, that's just optional. Some people want to join in and perform. Other people don't particularly feel that they want to. But there's no pressure. It's it's come along, enjoy, make new friends. It's great. And, you know, I think there are people in the choir who have never really sang or performed publicly before. Um, so there's great camaraderie uh, amongst everyone. And do, do you need experience if someone thinks, oh, I wouldn't mind a go? Do you, do you need to have sort of sung in the choir before or be able to read music, anything like that? Absolutely not. That's the whole idea of the choir. It's Nobody is judging. You don't have to audition. You just literally have to turn up and just enjoy. And nobody cares whether you can or you can't. I mean, I actually think that everybody can sing, so... Hmm. Oh, you're a good singer, so you, so you, uh, you might say that. But, so. Thank you, but uh, <laughs> no, but, you know, everybody can make some kind of noise, can't they? You know, and I think they can, actually. I think yeah. they can, and uh, Mandy is extremely good at picking, picking music that people enjoy, that's not too taxing. You don't need to be, uh, you know, you don't need to be able to read music at all, so... So this is now... It's sort of open open door, as it were, so you can come along regardless of yep. where you work, what you do, as long as you've got the time and the interest, pop along. Yeah, that's absolutely it. So it's Wednesdays at St George's Church in Douglas. Uh, so we start about ten past one, where Mandy uh, gets us to do some fantastic warm-ups. Uh, and then we sing until about ten to two. So there's enough time, hopefully, for people to get from their workplace um, and get back within their sort of lunch hour. Um it's free to join. Um, if people can get in touch with, with us via the Arts Council Facebook page or via the Arts Council, just the general contacts that we have, um, and let us know that you're interested. And Zoe, our fabulous administrator, she looks after all the music and she sends that out to people. And, oh, yeah, we've got it all sorted. You just need to get in touch with us and tell us you're interested or just turn up. It's all fine. So, if you've ever fancied having a sing and don't have a lot of confidence, now's your chance. A happy bunch, a happy sing, no pressure. What's not to like? Well, we like all sorts of arts in this programme. Well, leastways, I hope we do. And I confess to holding something of a torch for the weirder and wackier side of things. So, when I heard Christy D talking on her afternoon programme, one to three with Christy D, Monday to Fridays, one to three, funnily enough, don't miss it, about the fact that the 17th of January had been dubbed Art's Birthday, that's Birthday of All Arts, I had to investigate further. And it seems the claim can be linked to, yes, you've guessed, an artist. An Art's Birthday is a celebration of Fluxus artist Robert Fillier, who originally made the claim about the birth of art on the 17th of January 1963, and he said that arts had been born exactly a million years previously. I don't know who's counting. And yes, ten years later, being an artist, he made the claim that it was Art's million and tenth birthday at the Neue Gallery in Aachen, Germany, if you're interested. And yes, he did record himself talking about this thought of his in a curious, whispering tone. I thought we should hear it. Whispered Art History It all started the 17th of January, one million years ago. A man took a dry sponge and dropped it into a bucket full of water. Who that man was is not important. He's dead, but art is alive. I mean, let's keep names out of this. As I was saying, at about ten o'clock, the 17th of January, one million years ago, a man sat alone by the side of a running stream. He thought to himself, 
where do streams run to and why? Meaning, why do they run? Or why do they run where they run? That sort of thing. Personally, once I observed a baker at work, then a blacksmith and a shoemaker at work, and I noticed that the use of water was essential to their work. But perhaps what I have noticed is not important. Anyway, the 17th goes into the 18th, then the 19th, then the 20th, the 21st, the 22nd, the 23rd, the 24th, the 25th, the 26th, the 27th, the 28th, the 29th, the 30th, the 31st of January. Thus time goes by. Weird, wonderful, bonkers, make of it what you will. But he certainly carved his own eccentric niche in the history of art. I throw it out there as an interesting artistic snippet, make of it what you will. And if you've got any thoughts on the birth of art, Robert Fillier, or any other thoughts artistically linked, get in touch. Love to hear from you. Spotlight at manxradio.com Spotlight. Brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Back to Earth with a bump now, and a little more from poet Jan Allison, who's just published her first collection of cheeky, cheery, saucy poetry, A Giggler Day. Jan has taken to writing poetry after her husband had been diagnosed with cancer, and while she's tried various forms of the art, she admits she likes lots of saucy, doublon tendre and the like, often in limerick-type form. And she knows, she says, it's not for everyone, but her main aim is to make people smile about life. I asked her she found poetic inspiration. Do you find a lot of the poetry, is it related to real life? Are there sort of the stories you make up or do you find an awful lot of these things are things which have happened to you or things you remember? Some are things that have happened and others can be just from a word or something that I see and I think, right, I've got to write a poem about it. I carry a notebook around with me now or I make notes on my phone because once you've got a phrase or a word in your head, you've got to put it down, otherwise it goes. So I've got bits of paper dotted around the house with part poems on, and uh, it, it's just great fun to create. I can write a limerick in a minute from start to finish, and I can also, especially in the early days when I started writing, I would wake up at three in the morning with a complete poem in my head, and I'd have to write it down, and then I could go back to sleep. Yes, it's funny how that happens, isn't it? Sort of inspiration strikes in the middle of the night. And you often hear, again, creative people, whether they're writers or playwrights or poets or authors or whatever, will have a either a, their phone if they're digitally inclined or a good old pen and paper and something by the side of their bed. So if they wake up with a, a thought, an idea for a, for a play, for a novel, for a, whatever the case may be, you can write it down before it goes. You have to write it down. And as I'm getting older as well, my memory's getting worse. There's a few poems in the book about uh, getting old... But, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we better say where people can actually get it then. So it's a giggle a day. Uh, I can say risk of humour. There's plenty of warnings to say, you know, if that's not your bag, if you don't like a bit of sort of seaside saucy humour, then all right, this might not be for you. But if you're able to be broad-minded and laugh at yourself and laugh at the happenings of everyday life, then it might be right up your street. How can people get a copy? Right, it's available on Amazon. Um, as Howard says, it's called A Giggle A Day. Uh, if you type in the code B0CPW4KVND, 
Um, you can find the book on Amazon. The cover is quite striking. It I had it um, created by a company called Fiverr, and the man is in Morocco, and I gave him my design brief on the Sunday, and about 10 hours later, I'd got the 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 um, picture that I wanted I wanted some sort of character um, like a, a jelly baby man or something holding a red flag and the uh, the book had to have a risky humour warning but then I thought well what about an emoji because everybody knows the emojis and he's done a fantastic job so I'm really really pleased with it so the cover's turquoise with the little emoji man with a red w- red flag warning and also there's a poem on the book which uh, basically says if you do- if you're prudish then please don't buy the book the cost is 9.99 and I also have some Uh, copies at home which I can sign so if anybody would like a signed copy they can contact me at Jana the Poet which is J-A-N-A Jana the Poet at gmail.com Marvellous and we should say as well a quick uh, shout out for the artist who did this the line drawings inside for some of the cartoons There's some fantastic illustrations I had 30 illustrations done by a young lady from Port St Mary called Isabel Lyon and she was such a good sport doing the pictures and I'm thrilled with the results I have a favourite one which is of uh, droopy boobies (laughs) and also one of a frog but the pictures really do go well with the poems Let's have another poem to end then. So uh, what would you like? We can have uh, Hero hero to Zero is there or um, Flog is an apt anagram of golf. Your choice, whichever you prefer of those two. Let's go for Hero to Zero. Okie dokie. And this was written um, as a result of a conversation with an online friend and she gave me a joke with a punchline and I thought I'll write a poem around that. So this is called Hero to Zero. A youngster receives a school task, an essay, that's not a big ask. He'll write of his hero, about his dad Nero, in glory his dad will soon bask. He writes that his dad's a brave man, and he'll copy his deeds if he can. Dad defends what is right, but he never would fight. It's clear his son's his greatest fan. The teacher has read the essay, awarded gold star to young Ray. He's a smile on his face, and it is fixed in place. He's happy the rest of that day. The teacher says, listen, Ray, here. Is there nothing that your dad would fear? Ray thinks for a little while, and then with childish guile, he whispers in his teacher's ear. He says, miss, please listen to me, because it's a secret, you see. My dad's scared of me, ma'am, though her first name is Sam. He calls her a witch spelt with B. <laughs> yeah, and uh, if you can spell, you know where we're going. <laughs> well, listen, best of luck with it all. Uh, it looks terrific fun. A, a great thing to actually self-publish anything like this and I think bring it out. And uh, so you're already saying you're sort of... It sounds like volume two is forming in your head already. Volume two mm. is definitely forming. It's um, toilet humour. So, you know, the farty poopy poems which I adore and uh, I just all I want is for people to have a laugh because you know, we never know how you know what's going to happen in our lives and uh, say cancer is what brought me to writing and I just want to make people smile it has to be said love 
Lou humour or hate it? I'm a bit of a potty mouth. No one has to read it, of course. And Jan's absolutely right. We never know what is around the corner, so make the most of what you have while you have it. A giggle a day, available via Amazon now. Finally, a great little story which came my way recently, again involving the ever-wonderful Christy D. Now, Christy plays the music of indie rock band Yard Act on her live lounge programme on Saturday afternoon, and she'd been talking on air about what a fan she was of them here on Manx Radio as well, and referred to how she'd seen the band turn the Christmas lights on in their home village in the UK. Out of the blue, then, she got a message from their guitarist, Sam Shipstone, to say his home village wasn't in the UK. It was, in fact, Union Mills in the Isle of Man. So, of course, CDH wanted to know how he came from the island to be in one of the hottest-tipped indie bands going. Well, after the Isle of Man, I moved to Leeds and I've sort of played music for a long time. And then in the lockdowns, uh, two of my friends made this band, The Yard Act, and uh, asked me if I wanted to join them. So I sort of joined the band remotely for a year, which was a really weird way to join a band. Uh, we We didn't play any live gigs for like a year and a half, and... And then it all kicked off, which is great. I think we're one of the few bands that really, in a way, benefited from the pandemic. I think most musical artists suffered enormously from it. But because we were brand new, it really kicked us off in a way that we wouldn't have done if it hadn't been for those events. So when you say benefit, is this because it gave you an opportunity to kind of really hone your craft and do what you were doing to, to sort of a certain a certain level before then releasing it kind of online and everything and putting putting feelers out there first before you gigged? Is that why or, or why do you think it did benefit you? Yes, I think that's an element of that. But I think it was more that it just gave us an audience because people are online so much. Mm. And because we were a new band, it, it was more sort of like we were starting, weren't we? So it was more interesting to see rather than watching a band doing something that they would do what i mean if a band's already started and you're having to watch them online it seems a bit strange but if it's a new band and you're watching them online then it then it sort of makes more sense in a way i think it might be something to do with that and I guess as well, we all had many, many hours to fill during lockdown. And it was it was actually, although, you know, obviously there's been some repercussions with regards to venues and live music as such. At the same time, it meant that people did kind of turn to the creative world a bit more, didn't they? And people seemed to kind of soak up music and literature and art and everything a, a little bit more than maybe previously. Yeah, I, th- I think you're dead right. Yeah, and the figures show it. I think all my friends that worked in you know, music equipment, it went crazy the first lockdown, the, the amount of sales they were getting. So I think we were consuming music a lot more. But now now that everything is sort of open again, yeah, music venues aren't doing brilliantly in the UK. I don't know what it's like in the Isle of Man. <laughs> I assume you would class this as achieving your dreams, you know, doing so well with a band. Yes, I mean, exactly. Yeah, we've achieved many milestones that when I was buying CDs in HMV in Douglas as a kid, if I could imagine the things that I've done now, I, I just wouldn't be able to understand it. You know, the radio sessions I've done that I used to listen to as a kid and Mercury Prize, the places I've been to, the venues I've known about and played at. Yeah, I think he would be very shocked. Um, so, yeah, this this album sort of, yeah, in, in many ways, lyrically, is a is thinking about what that means in your life when it when you get it. And I think a lot of people have experienced things like that, when you get something you've always wanted and then sometimes it's not exactly how you imagined it. <laughs> well, that's the thing, because I suppose, especially now in the world of social media, people don't tend to post the bad stuff, do they? So, you know, you sort of see 
when when someone is living what we perceive as being the glamorous dream world life, then you only see the good stuff, don't you? So you sort of think, oh, that must be amazing. And then, yeah, <laughs> you've, you've got to deal with, the, well, we're not going to sleep for the next three weeks and we've got to be in this village and that town and this country and, and speak to this many people all in the space of 20 minutes. And yeah, so it's, it's probably pretty full on, is it? It is full on, but no, we're all thankful. We're not. We're yeah. not sitting here moaning. It's really, it's really good. Uh, we're really thankful for everything that's that's been happening to us. So obviously, we talked about the fact you grew up on the Isle of Man. What are some of your lasting memories of the island? Oh, so many. Yeah, I used to live near Union Mills. Went to Braddon Primary School. Went to QE Two. I think a guitar was first put in my hand by Miss Dennett, my Year Six uh, teacher. And if it wasn't for her, I probably would never have done this. Uh, That's amazing. Have so you have you spoken to her. to her to thank her yet? I did. Yeah, I sent her a message not not so long ago. I thought thought I should at least let her know that she's been really significant in my life for that reason. Uh, yeah, no, that's brilliant. Any teacher that um, goes beyond, you know, the remit and puts instruments in the hands of people, you you never know where where it might go. Yeah, so I'm really thankful for that. Well, we know uh, that music can absolutely change your life, and it you know it creates a community around you as well, which I think is something that is very strong on the island, isn't it? The music scene. Yes, yes, that's true. Actually, I was trying to remember in the name of a pub that I used to watch gigs in in Douglas. It was sort of on the south side of the quay. I went on Google Maps and couldn't see that it was there anymore. I can't remember what it was. Was it the corner house uh, or the trap? The corner house. It had an upstairs. You had to go upstairs traff. to the gig room. That was the trap. Oh, yes, yeah. it was. Earl at the trap. And he's drunk. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I went to quite a few there without earplugs, bad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Tell me about it. That was such a wonderful place. And when, I think when, when Earl started supporting local music there, it was such an exciting time on the island musically. There was so much awesome music being produced. And then there was kind of a bit of a lull. And now it's all come back up again. And it's, it is brilliant now. It's really, really good over here. I mean, do you get to come back very often or do you not so much? No, not so much. But actually, we were thinking that um, we should all do gigs in our in our sort of like origin home. So it'd be for our uh, singer, it'd be Warrington. For me, it'd be the Isle of Man. <gasps> for our drummer, it would be uh, Kettering or somewhere. But yeah, and I thought, yeah, we should do that. That would be brilliant. Please do. Honestly, it it would just <laughs> it would make my year. Come to the Isle of Man because I know you, you you're about to go out on a tour, aren't you? You've been announcing tour dates. That's right. Yeah, I think we're pretty booked for a bit. But yeah, I think uh, later on, I think I think this is a good idea in my mind anyway. I I'd think love it is. To. I'd love to come back. Well, it certainly writes are wrong because I said on air the reason, in fact, we're talking now is because, as, as you know, I, I play your songs because I think they're great. And I'd mentioned on air in a chat with Lenny Conroy that I'd seen you all uh, turn the lights on, the Christmas lights on in what I described as uh, your home village of Meanwood. And of course, you got in touch quite rightly and said, oi. I grew up on the Isle of Man. Thank you very much. <laughs> so I thought well, that, was, that was rather marvellous. So I love the fact that you all, though, though have continued these links. I mean, was it James that's from, from Meanwood in Yorkshire then? Or, or how, where's that sort of link? No, that's sort of like where, near where we live now. So right, in OK. That sense, it's sort of our hometown. So it is accurate. But, but no, I think it, if people ask me where I'm from and, and I'm in, say, America, I might say Leeds because that's where I live now. Yeah. But, but if people are really asking where are you actually from, I, I say the Isle of Man. It, that, that's where I spent you know, my childhood and young, young adulthood. So I definitely still feel from the Isle of Man in that sense. A very grounded sort of chap, Sam. It seems that's a Manx upbringing for you. As always, as we say, 
The island punches way above its weight in so many areas, including, it seems, indie music. That's about it this week. Don't forget, if you want to hear anything again, go to manxradio.com, download the Spotlight podcast, listen where and when you want. Why not try it whilst sorting out your spring vegetable seeds? It's almost that time. See you next week. Until then, look after yourselves, and whatever you're doing, be creative about it. Cheerio. Cheerio.